tis the season to be jolly. What'd you see lately? Wow, that's real quick. You always say that I don't ask you, so I want to make sure I got it out of the way. Well, yeah, but I was there introducing the show first. Oh, okay, go ahead. All right. Tis the season to be jolly. You you ruined it. Oh, okay. Well, it's Tim and Simma again. It is. It is. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, speaking of the last movie, did you have anything that you want to say about the last movie? Yeah, so I've been thinking it over, and I probably was... A little harsh on the movie, and I just want to speak that this has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. You're holding a gun at me right now, so I am not holding a gun at Andrew Varvel. Okay, but so I'm gonna adjust my score, and I'm gonna drop it down to a two. (laughs) You bastard! I gotcha. You got me good. Yeah. Is that really what you're doing? No, no. I'm gonna keep it at a two and a half. Okay. You just wanted to add this to the show, huh? Yeah, I thought it'd be funny. You are a bastard. Well, you know. Okay. Well, speaking of which, have Uh you seen anything uh, new lately? I have. Oh, do tell. Okay. A little horror film called Pearl. Oh, you saw it? I did. How was it, dude? Really cool. Not as good as X, in my opinion. Okay. But, goddamn, that Mia Goth can act. Yeah. She is very good in this, dude. Okay, so she's back. Yeah, yeah. This is okay. yeah. She plays Pearl back in nineteen eighteen. Okay, that's so, why yeah. I figured she'd be back. But yeah, yeah. So you get the origin stories of uh, her, uh, her. I guess yeah. I guess you could say childhood. Okay, she's probably a, a teenager. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's. I don't really want to spoil anything. I know you're yeah, gonna see it. Please you're don't. To see it, so, and you know, we usually don't. We stay away from spoilers in this anyway. But yeah, we do. Yeah, very much worth seeing, especially if you like to exit all. Uh, it gives a Which lot of really cool backstory. and Even though, like I said, it's not as good, that still doesn't hinder it very much because I like to exit a lot. So that, that's, you know, not really a, a bash on it at all. Well, and I feel like since they put these movies out so close together mm-hmm. that we're probably going to see more of them. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. yeah. I, I assume that there's going to be a lot more stories to tell if they're, they're kind of creating like their own little universe here. Yeah. And I'm all for it. The first one was excellent. I can't wait to see the prequel and uh, whatever they have for us next. Yep. So you recommend the prequel, though? Yes, very much so. It is right being called a prequel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, even if you haven't seen X and you still just want to check it out, I think it doesn't really require a viewing of X. Like, you don't really need to know the character. There's some cool references and stuff that you'll catch if you've seen X beforehand, but... You could easily watch this, and it's a standalone film, and you'd still get almost as much enjoyment out of it, I think. And I'm willing to bet anyone that does watch Pearl first will probably track down X afterwards. Oh, yeah. I would think. Cool. That was a good one. I watched something as well to answer your question from earlier. Yeah, I'm going to edit everything out until this point here where you answer my question. <laughs> and then then we got to start the show over, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I watched... Uh, I've been continuing my Christmas movie, Scrabbit Games, uh... Okay, which ends uh, today because it's Christmas. I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation today. Oh, yeah? I did. For the Oddly first time? Classic. Oh, no. Goodness, no. I've probably seen this one a hundred times at least. Wow. I've watched it That's a lot. a lot. Well, this is like top three Christmas movies. Like, This is one of them that I have to absolutely watch every year or it doesn't feel like Christmas. Not everything about it reminds me of my family, but this feels like... 
the Bobrowski household could have been just like the Griswold household. You can see my smile right now. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely feeling that statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I love family movies like this where they're just, you know, they're dysfunctional family, but it works. And this is just a holiday classic. Definitely, if you've never seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which you've probably been living under a rock or something. But if you haven't, I definitely recommend it. It will bring up that holiday cheer, too. Shall we get to today's film? Sure. All right. Well, so, well, do we want to announce the, the, the testing of a new format here? Yeah, we, we definitely can. Go ahead. From a suggestion that we had from a listener, uh, we're going to try to switch things up here a little bit. We're still doing uh, a 10-minute cinema, but rather than trying to go through a 10-minute like plot synopsis and get everybody's thoughts back and forth, we're going to try this new format here where we each picked five different scenes that we'd like to talk about from the movie that we enjoyed, and we each have one minute per scene, and that'll, well, that'll get us our 10 minutes. I assumed that that was a discussion of the scene between the two of us, no, not just... No, you were wrong. You want me to talk for five minutes about the scenes that I picked? We're going back and forth. Okay. One but, minute, one minute, one minute, one minute. Okay. We'll yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're just testing things out here. Yeah. We're, if you don't change, you're doomed to fail. Okay. That's true. Okay. That's true. You want to go first or you want to go second? Oh, man. I'm nervous. I'll let you go first. You're letting me go first. Well, then we are going to start the timer. And my first scene that I enjoyed was pretty early on in the movie where Theo, the uh, techno hacker from the group, Yes. Is uh, going in and shutting down the entire building. I thought it was really neat to see, you know, like they always put, you know, above and beyond for the hackers in these kind of movies where they can just crack in anything and lickety split, you know. Right. And it's just so entertaining to see him just fly through this system that he really had no idea, you know, what it was going to be before he got there. Like there's no way to really practice it, you know. He's but, also probably my favorite villain other than Alan Rickman in this oh, movie. Yeah. He's got some great lines, and he's very charismatic. He, yeah, with I was gonna say teams. he he really oozes some some personality, and yeah, he's just a fun part of the crew, and I really like that scene a lot. And he's very efficient at it too. Everything locked down, and then he has so much joy when he destroys the servers in the back room too, <laughs> he really so that does. nobody can go in and undo the <laughs> the hacking that he did. He has joy, and he has a lot of pride in his work. You can tell when every scene that he's in when he does something. Yep, and that's one minute. Go. All right. So my first scene that I'm going to talk about is actually just the setup of the film with the limo driver. Oh, okay. Our they guy. drive to the building. Oh, okay. Nice, I, calm, relaxing drive. Yeah, it's really good. You get a lot of backstory here. Kind of the gist of things. It's introducing the character, John McClane, to the audience. Uh, one thing that I really like is the chemistry between, is it Argyle? Argyle, yeah. Argyle. And uh, John here. They seem to get along pretty quick, buddy-buddy. Uh, just what seems like maybe a 10-minute drive could be less, could be more. I don't know. All right. My next scene is from uh, a little bit further along in the movie where McLean throws the terrorist that he just recently killed out of the window onto the hood of Al's cop car. That's such a great just scene. Just alerting him that, you know, hey, this is actually a threat and you don't need to drive away. And just such a perfect line there, too. Just, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> right. <laughs> that whole scene, because there's like several of them here that make up that whole part. It's just incredible. I mean, he's running on the rooftops. He's jumping around. He's trying to survive as he's trying to be gunned down by all these thieves and terrorists, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. It's just great. Great action here. Yeah, definitely. And it's just a great way to like really fuse 
uh, Al into the plot too. And there's a lot more to come from that. And that's our next minute. And go. All right. So the next minute I have here is actually just a scene where you get to see Al and Roy or John, however you want to call them here, talk and you get learn about Al's backstory where he uh, shot the kid. Oh, okay. Getting deep on me here. It, it does get very deep here, and you can kind of see that they already become like best friends over a walkie, which is crazy to do out, you know, feeding off each other's emotional responses and vision. They do a really great job here of uh, just moving the plot along and filling in all the details in between. Yeah. And also, it's kind of a calm down moment after a very intense action scene. We're just going to kind of feel for him a little bit. Okay. Yeah, is this right after he blows up the the, yeah, the computer down the elevator shaft? Yeah, yeah. It's almost okay. directly after that he gets yelled at and then Al comes on. They start talking. Okay. All right, and that's the end of your minute. My next scene is whenever Hans goes to check on the explosives and ends up being caught by McLean. Oh, that was just, my next scene. Aw. And so he just, well, we can go for two minutes in on this one. So he just immediately like switches into an American accent and just like realizes that John doesn't realize that it's him and trying to get one over on our big hero here, buddy. Yeah. The really cool thing about this scene is it almost didn't happen at all. Oh, no kidding. I didn't put this in my trivia, but I figured I'd talk about it during this. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't know that Alan Rickman could do an American accent and they were just doing takes and he tried it with an American accent here and. They, once he did it, like during the take, they're like, okay, we we got the scene now. Yeah. And it is beautifully crafted. It really is. I don't know the, the level of sophistication. Like he had to memorize, you know, the, the list. He, he called out somebody from the, that worked at the plaza. Right. And that's just like, oh man, that's just so good. Just being able to constantly think on his feet. Like he's, he's got to be one of the best villains. Yeah. We were talking about that during the film. These are some of the best action film villains. Like, in history. I oh, mean, yeah. all of them are pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. Carl, the brute of the terrorist group, is just... he He's a smart killer. I mm-hmm. mean, he's not doing anything stupid. He's tactically trying to take out John the whole time. He oh, yeah. He's doing a good job of it. And, and their whole plan all laid out, like, you know, the, the false red flags to trip off the FBI and get them to follow their procedures the entire time and oh let them into the vault. Oh, my God. Like, that was man, it's brilliant. Just, it's he, so, so smart. He anticipated every move that mm-hmm. the law enforcement was going to do before yep. they even knew what they were going to do. I yep. mean, he knew the playbook front and back. Yep. And then had the ambulance to get away with everything. They just look at another rescue vehicle. You know, honestly, anyone that's writing an action movie needs to study the scenes with the villains because this is how you write villains in an action movie. Yeah. A lot of them are very, like, stale or just not much development at all, if any. Yeah. Uh, they're just kind of bland characters. But here... They really edge out what what little time they have with each terrorist. Mm-hmm. Each one is unique and has uh you know their own motives and everything else. Yeah, and it's really fun to get to see John win over on him too. You know, there's no bullets in that gun. Oh, this and movie just, is a hundred. You just want to stand up and cheer right there. This movie is hundred percent cheering for the good guy during oh, yeah. all those scenes. Absolutely, you're on the edge of your seat wanting to see John win out each battle. Nervous for him too because you're right. This is an impossible situation to be in. Yeah. All right. Moving on to my next one. Right on time, too. Look at that. We're doing good at this for a first try. I I like it. So the next one I have is uh, right at the end of the movie, the Hans fake out with the hidden gun behind his back. That was my fifth scene. Oh, yeah? Okay. Nice. (laughs) 
right, give right. it another two minutes. Sure, let's go. All right, so this is probably one of the most copied scenes of movies of all time. You see this Brooklyn Nine-Nine did this scene. There's a reason for it, and that's because it's a great ending to the film. Oh, yeah, so iconic. The way that he outsmarts them by taping the gun to the back. Mm-hmm. With two bullets, mind you. He right. doesn't have much to work with here. Yeah, and he knew, that he knew there were two people left. Right, and it's impossible odds. I mean, they have fully loaded guns, so... Yeah. This is not something that he thinks he's walking out of alive. And his wife. They have his wife as a hostage. Exactly. So it's just really smart that he decides to do this as well and gets them distracted with uh, the laughing, which is mm-hmm. such a weird thing to throw in there, but it works. It yeah. really does. Yeah, definitely. And I like that so many of the, the best parts of the movie, like we just highlighted, are just them face-to-face, you know, mano and mano, basically. I mean, they had such great chemistry with they each really other. They really did. Every scene that Alan Rickman is in, especially, yeah, he just destroys that scene. He is so perfect in this movie. Nice. And to think he almost didn't do this movie. Yeah. This was his first Hollywood film. And that's our minute. So your your fourth scene. That would be the whole fight with Carl at the end. Ooh, okay. That one is just. I mean, they beat the shit out of each other here. Oh yeah. You know, it, it doesn't seem like he has really good odds against this monster of a dude, too. But he fucking taunts him the whole time. <laughs> he does. He's such a cowboy. I mean, Alan Rickman, Hans calls it right away. He calls him cowboy. And he really is. He's like a modern day cowboy in this film. Mm-hmm. He's a knock him down, give it all you got kind of guy. He just... Yep, kick him to your last breath. Right. He's like trying to choke him. This I just love this whole fight. And then the way he uh kind of kills him, but doesn't really. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's pretty impressive, too. Like, right. Because they even cut later when the hostages are coming down. You, you still see him hanging there. So it's like, man, he was up there for a while. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, then my final scene kind of plays right off of that. It's the very, very end of the movie whenever Carl does get killed. Yeah? Yeah. And Al, he gets seen show, holding the gun. You get goosebumps during that you, scene. You really do. Especially after that emotional tale, like you said earlier, in one of your other scenes you highlighted, like he mm-hmm. he hasn't not only has he not fired his gun, he's never even pulled his gun. He hasn't unholstered it in decades since he was a rookie cop. Right. This is a big moment for Al. Yeah. This is probably the most defined moment of his career. Oh yeah, easily. And to do it just to you know in front of everybody and saving somebody that Save he clearly friend. loves. Yeah. Like there's 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 love there. Like they've been oh yeah times. for sure. And that is our 10 minutes. All right. I well, really like the new format. I kind of do, what too. What was her name again? Corey. Well, Corey, thank you so much for the suggestion. I think we're definitely going to try again in the future. Yeah, definitely. That that worked out really well. Why, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> you said definitely again, and I mocked you by saying definitely. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> I do have some trivia for people, though. Okay. Lay it on us. All right. So, in the original script, as in the original novel, the action t- took place over three days. But the director was inspired to have it take place over a single night by Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. You know Roger Ebert. Not personally, but yes, I know of him. You know of him. He was one of the few critics to give this a negative review. No kidding. The main reason he did this was because he hated the character Chief Dwayne Robinson. (laughs) He said the character was unnecessary, useless, dumb, and he prevented the movie from working. He did like the sequels, though, and later changed his opinion. Hmm. So just to unpack that real quick, uh, we didn't mention him, but this is the principal from Breakfast Club and our role that's basically the same, just in a police skin. He is kind of useless in the film. Yeah. 
he he gives Al a adversary to go against, basically. Kind of. But not really. Yeah, he stands it, up to him weird. pretty early it's on. It's a weird dynamic because he's not really, like, he's supposed to be in charge, but he doesn't really have, like, a... I don't know. He, he bows down way too easily. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't have a strong presence. Yeah. Basically. So it's just really weird that he is in it the way he is. But I do like the actor, so I'm glad he's in it. But sure, they could have definitely made him more of a hard ass or mm-hmm. definitely more strong stanced. Yeah. Or just bring the FBI in earlier because they, they play the same role as you. Yeah, know. they play the exact same role, which is why, I mean, I agree with Roger is an unnecessary character. Yeah, absolutely. But it is what it is. The movie's iconic line, yippee ki motherfucker, almost came out differently. According to various interviews and commentaries, John McTiernan thought the line should be yippee tie Bruce Willis argued that it was yippee ki Apparently, they tried both versions to see which one sounded better. And the now famous yippee ki motherfucker won. For the shot where Hans Gruber falls from the top of a building... Alan Rickman was really dropped 40 feet onto yeah, airbag. I love this story. With a blue screen cover. The background was then later added in. A stuntman held Rickman up with a rope. Mirroring Rickman's line repeated twice in the movie, the stunt crew was to count to three before releasing. But to get a genuine reaction from Rickman, <laughs> the stuntman released the rope on the count of two, not three. Yeah. Rickman later said during a Q&A that the stunt was purposely done on his last day on set. That's pretty great. Oh, yeah. And uh, during the scene where Hans Gruber is offered a cigarette by John McClane, he holds the cigarette as a European would. Oh, no kidding. It was intended to be taken as a clue to his identity for John. Oh. So that's probably one of the ways he figured it out, yeah. I, I really like that, too. That's why I drew that in That kind of makes sense, because otherwise you don't really know, you know? like He does a great American accent. He does. Uh, All right, buddy. Um, do you have anything else that you want to add to this? I episode? do. I thought you were going to call out in one of your scenes, so I didn't put it in one of mine. Okay. Fucking William Atherton, man. That guy is an asshole. He's Who? the real uh, uh, a reporter. Oh, yes. The reporter is such a fucking dickhead. I just wanted to slam him a little bit before we ended here because we both hate him. And he's, right. He does such a good job. And oh, he does a great job. Yeah. And then coming back in the sequel also. Is yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love him. He does such a better job in the sequel, I think, honestly. Yeah. Because he gets more in how he's faced more naming. Right. But uh, he, he really is kind of like the underappreciated villain in this movie. Oh, yeah. Because he's such an asshole. And it's his fault that Holly is in trouble in the first place. Right. He almost gets their mom killed and he, then he exploits the kids on TV. Like, yeah, breaking into their house and then, yeah. It, it, he's just a fucking nightmare reporter. Yeah. Your it's mommy perfect. and daddy are going to die. You have anything to say to them in case they can hear you right now? Right. <laughs> it's horrible. Come home. Please come home. Oh, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Fucking asshole. I hate him so much. But I'm so <laughs> glad they, they get that punch at the end, too. That's so yeah. satisfying. Yeah, it is. Holly gets the final laugh, basically. Did you get that? <laughs> Right. It's more concerned about getting the shot. All right. Well, I think that's it for now. You can reach us on Twitter at USAKid6977. That's going to be me. You can reach Varble at BigGuyACV. That's me over here. And then you can reach the podcast at Tim and Sin. Definitely. Definitely. And that. Oh. Next movie. You got to tease them up. Oh, yeah. We do have a next movie. Our next movie will be Happy Time Murders. Oh, that's a fun transition. 
Yeah, Happy Time Murders with uh, Melissa McCarthy. It's going to be interesting. It's a Muppet okay. movie, but it's like adult. Yeah. It, it's kind of crazy. We, uh, we also have something else here to do. Oh, do we? Yeah. What? We didn't rate the movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're so professional. <laughs> New format, you know. Hey, we don't. Yeah, we we got confused yeah. there. So yeah. Uh huh. Before we go, uh-huh. let's go ahead and rate this movie. <laughs> do you want me to rate it first? Yeah, I do. I had, right. to go, I had to go first last time. Sure. So as far as a movie as a whole, you know, this is a great action movie. Also, a great Christmas movie. At least has the Christmas theme around. It takes place during Christmas. It does. There's Christmas trees in it. In my opinion, one of the best action movies of all time. And with that, I'm just going to go easy and make it a five star. Look at you go. It's Do you, do you have any flaws with this movie? Do you really? Yes. Other than that cop character not really needing to be in the movie? No, I'm also a five. You are? I am. We have an agreement we and do. on a five star? Yeah, my first ever five. Wow, this is a historic night. Yeah. And we almost didn't have it. And we almost didn't do it. That would have been so funny if this went to yeah. live with no rating. Yeah. I just happened to think. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> well. But, yeah, it just, you, you summed it up perfectly. Like, it, it, it doesn't get any better than this. This is top top tier, top of the line action movie. Like, it set the bar for so many different movies that followed it. They're still copying it, you know. Yeah, I mean. and Not just in sequels, but, I mean, everything, you know, it's. One man against an army. This is one of the first times you get that in a you know successful trope, and and just, also it has smart villains, which yeah. you don't see a lot of in these kind of movies. Exactly. Usually they're pretty dumb, or they have really stupid motives. Yeah. Anyone can get behind guys that are just trying to steal millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And you get so much emotion in the movie too. You really do. The rekindling relationship between him and his wife, the relationship between him and Al, like mm-hmm. it just it's so even good. Argyle. I mean, he, he's pretty friendly with everyone he meets, Sergeant Ellis. Can't believe we didn't mention Ellis, the coke fiend. All right. Well, I think we're we're ready to leave Die Hard here. So, you know, you already got our Twitter handle before our rating this time. Yeah. But uh, well, I guess it's time for us to hit the old dusty trail. Happy trails to <laughs> you. And that's a wrap.